So I'm excited to, uh, to bring you the word. I'm honored to bring you the word. I'm just believing God's going to do some amazing things today. Anybody believe that? Cool. Uh, my goal today is just, just, to, just to build your faith. So I hope you came ready. If you haven't, just kind of just get yourself ready. I'm going to build your faith. I'm believing we're going to leave here better than when we came in. Um, I'm believing we're going to leave here with more faith with more peace, with more joy, with more hope, with more of an awareness of Jesus. Come on, somebody say it, amen. I'm just really excited to, uh, to, to, to give you the word. We're in a series in the book of Ephesians. Um, has it been good or what? Uh, Pastor Joel, he's not here today, but if you're watching online, we want to honor Pastor Joel because he's been killing it, uh, just giving us the word out of Ephesians. So we're going to continue. Um, today we're going to find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 3. Um, and I just, just a really simple context for, um, for the book of Ephesians. It's actually really simple. The first three chapters, um, they're really the gospel, the gospel of Jesus. And the last three chapters are really our response to the gospel. Um, and so today we find ourselves still in chapter three. So maybe next week uh, we're going to kind of get into that, the latter part of the book of Ephesians. But if it's okay with you, I'm going to preach the gospel. Okay? I'm going to preach the gospel and God's going to do what only he can do. Amen? So I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter three. Ephesians chapter three. We're going to read verses 14 to 21. Um, some really um, well-known portion of scripture. Um, and then we're going to completely leave Ephesians behind and we're going to jump to Mark chapter five and we're going to walk through a story today um, with Jesus and see what he wants to do. Amen? Amen? Okay, awesome. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter three. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray from his glorious unlimited resources that He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Come on, how do you know that our God has, has unlimited resources? You need, you need joy. Like, like, like whatever you're in need of, God has supply for you. Whatever you're in need of, whatever you lack, God never runs out of. He never runs out of joy. He never runs out of hope. He never runs out of peace. He never runs out of healing. He never runs out of strength. And this is Paul's prayer to the church in Ephesus. He's praying that this God who has unlimited resources, that he would, he would fill you, he would empower you with an inner strength through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit. So good. And he says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Somebody say, as you trust in him. As you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That's good. That's good. That's real good. And it says this, may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. God's love. You, you could try your hardest, but you'll never get to the ends of God's love. You can go as wide as you want. You can go as long as you want. You can go as high as you can. You can go as low as you can but you'll never actually get to the end of God's love. But this is what Paul prays. He prays that you would understand God's love, meaning that you would get an understanding that God's love is so great that it's not just for you, it's for all the people around you. Listen to me. Can I tell you this morning, you have never laid eyes on somebody who doesn't matter to God. You've never laid eyes on somebody who God does not absolutely love. And he's just actually trying to get his message to. He's actually trying to to, to get to this person, maybe through you, who they really are, that they're a daughter and a son of God. And God's love, it's, it's, un, it's immeasurable. It's too deep, it's too high, it's too long, it's too wide. And this is what he says, and maybe one of the most popular 
Scriptures and all the Bible, maybe to me, maybe not to you, but he says this now, all glory. Actually, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able, somebody say able, through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So good. I don't know what you're asking today, but God can do infinitely more. I don't know what you think today, but God can do infinitely more. And he says, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Come on, can we give God some praise in here? We just want to give God glory and honor. I just, th- I'm so thankful. I'm watching these baptisms happen and, and, and I'm, just, I'm just so taken aback that this is not what we accomplished. This is not what we've done. This is what God has done. And it's what God will continue to do. Amen. Why don't you pray with me and then we're going to jump into the message. Jesus, we love you. God, I pray for every single person in this room. God, I pray for every person watching online. God, that you would just absolutely empower us. God, you would fill us with your spirit, God, with your love, with, with, with this love that, that, that is so overwhelming. God, we can't even get to the end of it, Jesus. I just pray, God, that you would give us, give us the comprehension of this love for, for humanity, God, for myself, for my brother, for my sister, for humanity, Jesus. You are so good. And God, we just declare that you get all the glory, you get all the honor, and you get all the praise today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Come on, say amen again. Amen. Hey, if you're taking notes, I want to speak from this, this, this thought today. If you want to write a title, you can write this down. I want to speak from this thought. Reach out. You see it? Reach out. It's behind me. <laughs> Somebody say reach out. Turn to your neighbor and say reach out. Turn to your other neighbor and say reach out. Look at yourself. Say, reach out. <laughs> I want you to know today there's power in your reach. I want you to know today that everything that God has in store for you, everything that God has for you is actually within reach, but you actually have to reach out and grab hold of it. I want you to know that everything that God has for you is actually accessible. Am I preaching to anybody today? It's accessible, but you're going to have to reach out and grab hold of it. Listen to me. Hope is accessible. Peace is accessible, joy is accessible, strength is accessible, health is accessible through Jesus, through his spirit, but you're going to have to actually reach out and grab a hold of it. I'm so excited, I want to take really the, the remainder of our time today, I know we just started, but the remainder of our time today, and go to the book of Mark, I, I'm not going to read it to you, I'm just going to walk through the story, I hope that's okay, but I would highly encourage you to go home and read it later, it's found in Mark chapter 5, and his story starts out like a lot of stories do with Jesus. He, he gets in a boat with his disciples and they go across a body of water and they get to the other side. And what, what, they, what, what do they find on the other side? They find a large group of people. A large group of people waiting for Jesus. Many people have heard about Jesus. They had, they, they'd heard the rumors and they wanted to see if it was true. They, 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 they had heard all about him and they, they showed up in this place to see this Jesus. And the Bible lets us know that the ruler of the synagogue, his name is Jairus, and he comes to Jesus with a problem. Now, it's important that we understand that anytime you get somebody's name in the Bible, it's to really to give them an identity, or it's to let us know that in that culture, in that time period, that they were a someone, they were somebody, okay? So we get Jairus' name. Jairus comes to Jesus because he has a problem that is really big. For his 12-year-old daughter is at home and she is so sick that she's about to die. 
And I just, I just wanted to let you know, and maybe you already know this, but there will come problems in life that, 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 that only Jesus can solve. There will come problems in life that no amount of influence or affluence or wealth or status can solve. There will come problems in your life that only Jesus can solve. Does anybody hear me today? There's just these things that, that happen in life. They're just a part of life that we can't do anything about. We are completely powerless. But the good news I bring to you today is that we serve a God who can actually turn your situation around. That we serve a God who can actually turn your storm around. That we serve a God who even when your situation doesn't change, He can give you a completely different perspective on that situation if you would just take it to Him, if you would just reach out to Him. There's just problems, right? I don't have to tell you. I don't have to convince you. There's just problems in life that, that show up that you can't do anything about. No amount of influence, no amount of education, no amount of money, no amount of, no amount of success can solve it. I know that you can accomplish a lot of things in life, but there's just some things in life where, where, where your, your, your accomplishments and your accolades can't do anything. Only Jesus can do something. Why? Because only Jesus has the power to change your situation. Only Jesus has the power to turn that storm around. Can I, can I get an amen in this place? And Jairus, he... He, he comes to Jesus and he's got a problem that he can't solve, but only Jesus can solve. So Jesus, he, he, he goes with Jairus. And I want to make it clear that he doesn't go with Jairus because Jairus is important. He doesn't go with Jairus because Jairus has accomplishments or because he has influence or because he has money or education. No, no, no. He goes with Jairus because Jesus is not moved by accomplishments and status. He's only moved by faith. Jesus is moved by faith. And, and Jesus goes with Jairus because Jairus' faith moved Jesus, for he had a problem only Jesus can solve. And I don't know where you find yourself today, but maybe you, maybe you have a problem in front of you that doctors can't solve, that family can't solve, that friends can't solve, that, that professionals can't solve, but only Jesus can solve. But you've got to look to him and you've got to reach out to Jesus. Amen? Amen? See, but here's, here's the thing I want to communicate to you today is that you're going to have to learn to wait on Jesus. You're going to have to learn to wait on Jesus. I, I think so often we, we fail to understand this principle, that, that, that the process is a part of the strengthening. The journey is a part of God's strengthening. That so often we get into places and we're like, if I could just get there, if I could just have that, if I could just accomplish and, and get over there, then I'll actually have what I need. But God says, no, no, I want you to go through this thing. I want you to go on the journey. I want you to go through the process because the strengthening comes in the process. And so often we go to God and we're like, God, I'm waiting on you, but I feel like I'm getting weaker in the waiting. But you, if you would understand this principle that the process is a part of the strengthening, you would understand that the, we, the waiting is not making you weaker the waiting is making you stronger God has a plan for what you're currently walking through I know I look I look across this room I know there's people watching online and we all have so many different problems so many different issues but I just know that God is working it out for your good God is actually working it out and he's strengthening you and he's equipping you and he's changing you and he's transforming you anybody believe that I love so much what Paul prays to the Ephesians. He, he, he prays this prayer and it's, it speaks a process to me. He says, God will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit and then He'll make His home in you. Listen to the language, as you trust in Him. As you trust in Him. Listen to me, can I tell you, trusting in Jesus is not a one-time thing. 
Trusting in Jesus is not a once a week thing. Trusting in Jesus is not a twice a year thing. No, no, friend, trusting in Jesus is an everyday thing. I love how the message puts this verse. It says, as you, as you open your heart to him and invite him in. How many know you got to do that every day? You should wake up. Can I tell you, we serve a God who when you wake up, the first thing that you can think of, he's right there on your bed and he's saying, I'm so excited to meet with you. I'm so excited to spend time with you. And you can actually open up your heart and let him in. The Bible says as you trust in him, as you open up your heart and let him in, that that your roots will grow down into his love and he's going to make you strong. He's going to keep you strong. It speaks of process. It speaks of process. We don't serve an overnight God. I know that he does things in a moment. I'm believing he's going to do some things in a moment today. But God is a God of process. He just is. He, He just is. He's a God of process. So I love it so much because as you wait on God, listen, what does the Bible say? It says, it says that, you're, that, that, that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. I want to wait on God because he is the great solution to all my problems. And I, I came to tell somebody today, just because your, your situation looks impossible to you doesn't mean it's impossible to God. Come on, can we give God some praise in this place? Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus, he goes with Jairus, Jairus, the man of title, the man of status, the man of education, the man who has accolades and accomplishments. He's, a, he's a really important. And he goes with Jairus. And the scripture lets us know that as they go, the crowd just begins to surround Jesus. They are pressing at Jesus. They're coming from all different directions, and it's kind of chaotic. But somewhere in the crowd, a woman comes. Jesus? Are we good? Okay. Somewhere in the crowd, Jesus comes, and, and, and uh, sorry, a woman comes, and, and I, I find it really interesting because we don't get her name, but we get Jairus' name. So we don't get her name, but she comes and she touches Jesus, but before she touches Jesus, the scripture lets us know that she has an issue of blood that's been flowing for 12 years. 12 years. So as you read, she's seen doctors, she's looked for cures, she's She's tried everything. She's been really desperate. She's, she's really tried everything, and now she's going to reach out to Jesus. Can I, can I just say this? Like, how many you know it, it's one thing to have a problem for like a week, right? I remember, I remember my wife, Lisa, she had a popcorn kernel stuck in her teeth for like four days, and it was the worst thing ever. Can I, I, I'm not like, it really is the word. You're like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, like it's one thing to have a problem for a week, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's another thing to have a problem for even a whole year. But what about if you had the same everyday chronic problem for 12 years? 12 years. It's really interesting to me that when you read this story that we don't get this woman's name, that we get Jairus's name, but we don't get this woman's name. And what it speaks to me is that sometimes it's one thing to have a problem, but it's another thing to begin to identify with that problem. See, people listen to me right now. It's one thing to have an issue, but it's a whole other thing to begin to identify with that issue. Because some of us, we, we identify with our issue. We say, I am depressed. I am sick. I am broken. I am lonely. I am anxious. I am fill in the blank, whatever your issue is, and we speak it over ourselves. And because we so fixate on our problems, we promote our problems. And can I tell you today that what you promote, you will eventually personify. 
See, what you behold, you'll eventually become. We learned at camp. Is this just true? What you promote, you will eventually become. And so many of us, we, all we do is promote our problems. All we do is we, we actually praise our problems because it's all we think about. It's all we talk about. It's all we pray about. But I don't know about you. I want to live my life getting my eyes on someone who's greater than my problems. I want to get my, live my life getting my eyes on somebody who's bigger than my circumstance. Somebody who can actually solve my problems. Somebody who's greater and his name is Jesus. I don't want to spend my life focusing on my problems. I want to spend my life focusing on the problem solver. Jesus. His name is Jesus. The good news today is that just because you've gone through something doesn't mean you have to identify with it. It doesn't mean you are it. And and an even better news is just because you've been going through something for a really long time does not mean you have to continue to go through that thing. You could reach out to Jesus and He can change your situation around. And so this woman, she gets through the crowd and she touches the hem of his garment. Some of you, you know the story. She touches the hem of his garment and she, she went to him believing that if I can touch him, I could be made well. She gets it in her mind that if, if I could just touch Jesus, if I could just get a touch from Jesus, my whole life could change. See, I love this story so much because we see that her religion is preventing her from getting close to Jesus. Why? Well, in this day, the law would be if that if you were unclean, that you had to be an outcast to society. That if you were, if you had an issue like leprosy or, or like this woman, or you had a, you had some kind of, uh, issue that made you unclean, you could not be around people who were clean. For if you touched somebody who was clean, you would then make them unclean. But how many know we serve a God? who is not afraid to get into your mess, that we serve a God who isn't afraid of your uncleanliness, that we serve a God who actually wants to get into the things that you deem dirty, the things that you deem dark, the things that you deem shameful, the things that you deem, you, you, you deem guilty. Jesus says, bring that to me. Can I tell you today, your problems don't belong at the door, friend. Your problems belong in his presence. He's not going to solve them if you keep them at the door. But he can turn them around if you bring them into his presence. That's the God that we serve. Am I, am I too loud? I, I just preach it like I feel it. I'm sorry. <laughs> because this is so in my heart, man. So many people are caught up in religion. And religion is keeping this woman from getting close to Jesus. But it's the hope of relationship that's pushing her toward him. And I just came to tell some people today, maybe religion has been telling you for a while that you don't belong close to Jesus. That you're disqualified. That your life is all about your performance and your behavior. And that you, 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 you're you not anointed. You're, you're far from God. But Jesus came to tell somebody today, no, no, if you call out to me, if you reach out to me, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you been through. I don't care where you come from. I don't care about your hangups or your issues. You can get close to me because I'm not afraid of your shame. Not afraid of your dirt. Not afraid of your problems. Your problems, they belong in God's presence. And I think this is such a beautiful picture of faith because so often we get so caught up thinking faith only happens on stages. 
We get so caught up thinking that faith only happens in the big miraculous moments of life at the event or the conference or the camp. And, and I just got to wait to get to that. And I just came to tell somebody today that faith can even take place when all you got left is the ability to get on your hands and knees and crawl to Jesus saying, I'm just trying to get close to my Savior. So I just think, man, so often we, 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 we get in this line of thinking where we think, well, you know, if the Lord wills it, he'll make it happen. Right? We say this all the time. I say, well, whatever the Lord, God, whatever your will is, and we say, if the Lord wills it, he'll make it happen. But like, really? Like, is, is, is that what we're going to reduce it to? I, I think the Lord's will matters. But can I tell you, your will matters too. We, we know Jesus is willing. We know Jesus is able. The question is not, is Jesus willing? The question is, are you willing? Are you willing to reach out? Are you willing to step out? Are you willing to put your trust in him? Remember when I was a, when I was a kid, I, I had a friend, and, and, and one day I, we got locked out of his house, and his parents were gone, and, and we were hanging out, but somehow we got locked out of his house. And he, I came later to discover that he was kind of a hustler. And um, he bet me, whoever can get into the house first, the, the, the loser has to buy the winner a pack of Pokemon cards. And that's really cool today again, apparently. But Pokemon, right? Um, and I was like, okay, you know, I could do this, right? And so he's like, okay, one, two, three, go. And so I'm, we're looking for ways into the house. It's just trying to be fun. Like, like uh, checking windows. I, I took a stick and I tried to like jam it into the lock. And like, because I saw it on the movies, like this, they did this, you know what I mean? Like it, it didn't work. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, if I only had a, a bobby pin, you know, to be spy, right? Like I could do this. And, 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 and so I started and I, and I couldn't find my way in, but I looked into the window and there was my friend inside the house. And I thought, wait, what? How did he get into the house? And so he walks over to the door and he opens it. And there on the couch is his little sister. Yeah, she just let him in. It's like, yo, dude, I'm not buying you Pokemon cards. You cheated, okay? Like, <laughs> I, I just came wondering, like, maybe, maybe you're here and you feel locked out of the house, but when's the last time you just knocked on the front door? I don't know, maybe, maybe you've been checking windows and you've been trying to pick a lock and you think, man, I got to do this and that and this to get into God's presence. I better clean myself up. I better, I better learn the, 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 the memorize scripture and spend time in prayer. And those things are really good, by the way. That's, that's, that's good stuff. But like, but like you, you've been thinking that you're locked out of God's house. But if you would just knock on the front door, Jesus would open the door and say, come into my presence. There's no requirement to get into my presence any longer for I died on a cross and rose from the grave and I got rid of that. So now now everybody and anybody has access to my presence and you can just knock on the front door and come right into the house. Come on, give God some praise in this place. There's no requirements. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but you've been out of church for a long time. You haven't been, you haven't been measuring up. You feel like, man, I gotta, I gotta like get more consistent. I gotta get back into church. I gotta start reading my Bible and you should do those things. But I just want you to know right now, you already have the same access to God as I do. You already have the same access to his presence that I do. You just gotta knock on the front door and he's gonna let you in. It's the gospel. See, this woman, she tells me something. She is proof 
That even in your weakest moment, you can still get to Jesus. That even when you've looked for all the options, you've looked and you've, you've looked for the cure, you've looked for the solution, you've looked for the satisfaction of your soul. She's proved to me that in your weakest moment, you can still get to Jesus. But you got to reach out. So the scripture lets us know that she, t- she reaches out and she touches the hem of the garment, hem of Jesus' garment. And it, what does it say? It says immediately a 12-year problem was gone. Immediately, suddenly, God's the God of process, but he's also the God of suddenly. God is the God of the journey, but he's also the God who does it instantaneously. I love this so much. This gets me so excited. This is really powerful. Because I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you caught it. But like this woman, she didn't even touch Jesus. She just touched the thing that was touching Jesus. That's crazy to me. Like, I don't know, because I know it's a terrible analogy, but if this table was Jesus, I know Jesus is a lot more attractive than this. He's, 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 he's a good-looking dude, right? This table is Jesus. I, I could understand if, if I could touch Jesus, I could be made well. But just to touch the thing that's touching Jesus, that could still heal me. It's so good to me because To me, this makes me think about the church, and so often we miss this, but church is powerful because so many of you invite people into church, and I want to say this, they might not touch Jesus, but they might touch you. Listen to me, there's some people in your life, they might never run into a building, but they might run into you, and because you've been with Jesus, because you spent time in his presence, because you've touched Jesus, healing can take place, restoration can take place, breakthrough can take place, because you've seen him, and you've been with him and you've touched him and he works through you it's the power that's at work within you friend it's the same power that raised jesus from the grave the same power that that defeated death hell and the grave lives inside of you scripture tells us that this woman she touches his garment and jesus he feels the power literally leave his body he, he feels the power leave his body. And I just got to speak again to that thing, that power that's inside of you. It's not to be overlooked, friend. See, the power, the Greek word here is dunamos. That doesn't mean anything to you. But we get it from the word dynamite. Can I tell you, Jesus' power, it's explosive. It'll blow things up. It'll move things out the way. It'll make it'll make foundations that aren't from him crumble. Somebody help me. What do you use dynamite for? Fill in the blank. (laughs) Boulders. I know it's a nice boulder, but God will blow it up. (laughs) I could preach that. There's been something that's been in the way. There's been something that you can't get past. It's too big. You can't go around it. You can't go under it. You can't even go over it, but power of God will come and break that thing in an instant. And you can walk right through it. See, why is it important? Because Paul uses the same Greek word in, the, in Ephesians chapter 3, three times. That power is explosive. And Paul wants us to know this isn't just the power of Jesus. This power, it's on the inside of you. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what your friends and family are walking through today. But the power that's inside of you, friend, it's explosive. It raised Jesus from the dead. When you go home today, when you go to the supermarket today, 
can we not just say, you know, maybe I have some good words for somebody, but can we remember the power that's really inside of us? That when you tell somebody, hey, God loves you. I don't know why he told me to tell you that, but he wants me to tell you God loves you. There's a power that takes place and it begins to crumble lies. It begins to crumble darkness. It begins to crumble things that have been keeping that person from God. God can do immeasurably more than you might ask or think through you. Through you. See, but this, this is also a picture of the gospel. You guys doing okay? See, this power left Jesus. And it shows me, it's a picture of the gospel that he became weak so that we could become strong. He emptied himself so he could fill you. He, he who knew no sin, he, he became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. He, he gives himself so that we can find life and life more abundantly. And so Jesus, he gets touched and the power goes out and he goes, who touched me? Hey, <laughs> who touched me? And the disciples, classic disciple moment, they're like, Jesus, <laughs> There's like hundreds of people here, Lord. Like, how in the world are you going to figure out? Who, like, let's keep going, okay? Like, we got a, this little girl we're trying to get to, Jesus. Don't worry about it. Like, there's no way you can pinpoint the touch of one person. But Jesus says, actually, I can. See, because the reach of faith is different from the reach of fame. See, I don't follow Jesus because it's popular. I don't follow Jesus because it's trendy. I don't worship Jesus. I don't lift my hands to him week in and week out because everybody else is doing it. And when you show up to church and it feels like nobody's doing it, then I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. I worship Jesus. I go to Jesus not because he's famous. I go to Jesus because of faith. Because I believe that in him I can find life and I can find peace and I can find joy and I can find freedom and I can find purpose and I can find meaning and I can find everything I've been looking for. He could satisfy my soul. He could fill my gaps. He could do what only he can do. Everything that I can't do, he can do for me. <laughs> Man, this is such a powerful picture because Jesus is on the way to heal this little girl. And while he's on the way to heal this little girl, this woman stops him. And I just want everybody in the room to know, I want everybody online to know that you can't interrupt Jesus. You can't do it. We live like this so often. We say, I don't want to bring in my stuff because he's got bigger and better things to do. And we live this way and we don't go to Jesus because we think he has bigger and better things to do. And if you're thinking about it from a doctor's standpoint, he does. There's a little girl that's dying. And I don't know about you, but if I'm on the scene, I'm going to Jesus. And I'm like, Jesus, I, um, I don't know about you, but like, I, I think we should go to this little girl first because it's kind of time sensitive. And then we can come back right? And then we, we can deal with this, this woman out here. She's going to be fine. She's been dealing for 12 years. What's, what's an hour? What's 20 more minutes? What's 30 more minutes? I think she'll be good if we leave her out here and we'll go. But Jesus doesn't work like that. But so often we think this way. We think, I don't want to interrupt him. He's got bigger and better things to do. I don't want to bring in my problems because they're too small. They're, 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 they're insignificant. And I don't want to bring my problems to Jesus. But Jesus says, no, if you, if you call out to me, if you reach out to me, there's no problem too small small. There's no problem too big. There's no problem too insignificant. I can turn your situation around. I care about your issues. I care about your problems. And I came to tell somebody today that God has time for you. He cares about your issues. Why should I cast my cares on him? 
because he cares for me. He cares for you, friend. He's got time for you, friend. I just wonder, have you gone to Jesus lately? I don't know what your issue is. I don't know what your problem is, but have you gone to Jesus? Have you? Maybe you should go again. I don't know, have you gone 10 times? Maybe you should go 11 times. Have you gone 100 times? Maybe you should go 101 times. I don't know, but maybe you just shouldn't give up and you should keep going to Jesus. Just keep going to Jesus. You got a bad doctor report? Go to Jesus. You don't know where the money is coming from this month to pay the bills? Go to Jesus. You're empty inside. You're lonely. Go to Jesus. You got anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts? Go to Jesus. Stop thinking that your problems are too insignificant for our Savior. He says, I got time for you. I care about all your problems. I care about all your issues. And I just want you to bring them to me. I want to show you that I care. I want to show you that I care. See, can I tell you today that faith begins where your ability ends? You know that, right? Faith begins where your ability ends. Like, I didn't wake up this morning and say, okay, Lord, dress me. Right? Okay, Lord, pick out a t-shirt for me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Which one are you going to pick? <laughs> oh, good choice, Lord. <laughs> I look great. Shut up. I do. This is a good outfit, and Jesus picked this out. So if you don't like it, you can talk to him, okay? <laughs> okay, Jesus, brush my teeth. <laughs> no, like, that would be creepy, right? You, if you do that, I love you, but you're a creepy Christian. Just, I'm just saying, right? If you, stop it. <laughs> don't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> why? Because... You, you don't need to pray for things that God's already given you the ability to do. See, I, need, I don't need faith for what I can see. I don't need faith for what I can do. I need faith for the, when that thing in front of me, I have no more power to do it. I need faith for that thing that's inside of me, I have no power to overcome it. I need faith then. I don't, I, I don't need faith when I have the ability to do something. I need faith when I no longer have the ability to do something. And right at that moment when I say, I think the Lord wills it, but maybe he's waiting for me to, 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 to step out. Maybe he's waiting for me to reach out. Maybe he's waiting for me to put my trust in him. My ability has ended. And so I'm going to step out in faith. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what he's going to do. But I'm just hoping and, and I'm praying and I'm, and, and I'm praying in faith that he's going to change my life forever. <laughs> so I love Jesus because the power goes out and he turns and he looks at this, this woman and I want you to see this today because this is so important. Listen to me. God is not satisfied with just giving you a miracle. God is not satisfied with just giving you a healing. He didn't come to just get rid of your back pain. He didn't come to just give you a bigger bank account or to give you a better house or to give you healthy children or to make sure you have a retirement plan. No, he came for something so much deeper. He came for something so much greater. And that's why he stops and he's like, who, who touched me? And they're like, everybody touched you. And he says, no. I felt the touch of faith. I felt the touch of desperation. I want to stop and I want to find out who it was that touched me. And Jesus, what does he do? He stops and he looks at this woman. She says, it was me. And he says, daughter. <laughs> daughter. Do you see it? He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. He's not satisfied with just healing you. 
He wants to stop. He wants to confront you. He wants to look you in the eyes. He wants to establish relationship with you. He wants you to know that you have the greatest identity the world could ever know about. That you're a daughter of God. That you're a son of God. Can I speak to somebody today? You are not your issue. You are not your hang up. You're not your setback. You're not your rejection. You are not your sin. You are a daughter of God. You are a son of God. And why does he do it? Because even if you don't have a dad named Jairus, even if you don't have a dad who has accolades, even if you don't have a dad who has education, even if you don't have a dad who has money, even if you don't have a dad who will pray for you, even if you don't have a dad who will stand in the gap for you, and even if you don't have a dad at all, you have a big brother and his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody give God some praise. For he stands in the gap for you. You have a father in heaven. Oh. And he'll show up, I promise. He's always been there. He will always be there. He's a father to the fatherless. He sticks closer than a brother. And if you reach out to him, Jesus, your big brother, he'll stand in the gap for you. It doesn't matter if you have a dad like Jairus. It doesn't matter what you do have or don't have. Your big brother, Jesus, he'll stand in the gap for you. <laughs> How amazing is God's love for us? Paul says, how wide, how long, how deep, how high is his love? I got to wrap this up because I'm losing my voice. <laughs> but I just want you to know you are not your issue. Please don't leave here. Please get this in your spirit. You're not your sin. You're not your addiction. You're not your thoughts. You're not what you've done. You are a daughter of God. You're a son of God. You have the greatest identity this world has ever known about. See, I love this so much because you might think that the woman reaching out was where all the power was. And you might be here today, if you're anything like me, you're like, hang on, I thought the gospel was that Jesus came to me because I couldn't get to him. But this guy's preaching that I got to reach out to Jesus. And can I tell you, you have great theology, by the way. Because if you were like me, um, anyways, because um, I want to show you, I want you to see this. I was thinking about, it, I was wrestling with this. Wait, like, God, you want me to tell them to like they have to reach out? But God said, tell them that I've already positioned myself right in front of them. <laughs> yeah, you have to reach out. Yeah, you have to trust. Yeah, you have to step out. But don't you forget that God has positioned himself right in front of you. I'm telling you today, he's positioned himself right in front of you to reach out. He's passing through today. He's right here. He's right now. And he's passing in front of you. The question is not, is God here? The question is, is will you reach out? See, and I, I think that, again, I said it in first service, but... <laughs> I could end the sermon right there, right? I could pray and it'd be great. And you'd be like, wow, that was, Jesus is amazing. But that's not really where the story ends. Because did you forget about Jairus? <laughs> I hope not. Because Jairus, while all this is taking place, he, he gets news that his little girl passes away. And I don't know, if, I, if, if I'm Jairus, I'm like, thanks a lot, Jesus. Like, I asked you first. Like, what about me? What about my daughter? Like, I don't know. Like, I, man, I prayed about this for hours this week. God, what do you want me to say? Can I just get really real for a moment? Sometimes what you hope for just doesn't happen. 
Sometimes what you pray for and you believe for and you have faith in, it just doesn't happen. But God is still good. God still has a plan. God still has a purpose. And I just, I, if you know my story, you know, last March, my dad passed away. And I'll just be real vulnerable with you. I'm just a youth pastor, so like I'm just going to get real vulnerable. It doesn't even matter. You can just talk to Pastor Joel. But can I get real? I've been asking God, God, why? You know, I'll tell you what my struggle's been, hearing somebody else get healing and wondering why my dad didn't get healing. I don't even know if this is okay to share. I'm just being real. This is my struggle. This is what I've been walking through. But God has just been working on my heart. And man, I'm just thankful I even had a dad. I know he's listening to me right now. And I've learned over this, this, this last year how, how much of a father our father is, our father in heaven. He's a perfect father. He's the father that I had before my father. I didn't even know it, but he is my real father. And my dad, I love, I was listening to Judah Smith and he was talking about his own kids and he's like, I'm just a stand-in. I'm just a stand-in. Like, I'm just doing my best to steward these kids and, and eventually they're going to go to their real father. I'm going to go to my real father and I just want you to know that you have a father in heaven. He's your real father and he's perfect and he's never going to let you down. And I know maybe some of you in this room, you've had fathers that aren't good, but I'm so grateful for our heavenly father who will never fail you. And see, what I've had to work through my heart is what, what does the Bible say? When, when what you hoped for didn't come to pass, well, it's, it's this thing called hope deferred. And the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, he says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And my heart was sick. And some of you in the room are here today and your heart is sick. But I came to tell somebody today, you need to actually get a mind change. That God wants to change your perspective. That you don't have to have hope in a situation. You don't have to have hope in a circumstance. You don't have to have hope in an outcome. Rather, you can place your hope in a person. You can place your hope in one that never fails you. His name is Jesus. And that's where we live from. That's where we walk from. That's where we operate from, friend. It's not, my faith is not in a what. My faith is in a who. My faith isn't in a circumstance. My faith is in a person. And his name is Jesus. And I just wonder, I look at Jairus and I wonder, maybe he had his hope in an outcome. And maybe that's why he said, you know what, Jesus, oh man, my, my daughter, it's too late. And Jesus says, he says, let's go anyways. And he's like, why? What's the point? She's gone. She passed away. But Jesus says, listen to me. Let's go anyways. Because I want to show you that you shouldn't put your faith in an outcome. You should always put your faith in a person. And I am that person. And my name is Jesus. And I got to close, but so much happens. They, I don't have time. They, they, they get to the house and he takes, he takes Jairus. He takes the mom and he goes to the little girl. You see this, this is so good. He reaches down to the little girl and he he does what Jesus always does. He brings her back to life. And that's good in and of itself, but I just I need you to see that these two stories, they're not two stories, they're one story. For one was 12 years sick, the other was 12 years young. They are absolutely connected because God wants you to know. Listen to me. See, 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 one touched Jesus but one was touched by Jesus. One got a healing, 
<laughs> but the other got a brand new life. See, and when Jesus reaches down to you, it's a picture of salvation because that which is dead comes back to life. Listen, because Jesus, he doesn't just do resurrection. He is resurrection. And when he shows up on the scene and when he reaches down, he can bring what's dead back to life. See, your reach is powerful, but Jesus' reach is so much greater. <laughs> your reach is awesome, but Jesus' reach is so much more awesome. I need you to see this today, that our reach is powerful, but Jesus' reach is so much greater. And sometimes in life, all you can do is wait on God. All you can do is place your trust in God. And even when what you hope for doesn't come to pass, your heart doesn't have to get sick because your hope is not in a what? Your hope is in a who. Your faith is not in a what. Your faith is in a who. And listen to me, Jesus, his, his reach is so much greater than yours. Listen to Psalm 18, 16. He reached down from heaven and he, put, and he rescued me. He drew me out of the deep waters. Chapter 40, verse 2. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walk along. Come on, somebody. Sometimes all you can do is call out to God. Sometimes all you can do is reach out to God. And your reach might be powerful. His reach is so much greater. Your reach is a call, but his reach is a rescue. Your reach is only a prayer, but his reach is always an answer. Your reach is, is a praise, but his reach is a breakthrough. Your reach is a touch, but his reach is a rescue. Your reach is repentance, but his reach is salvation. It's salvation to all who reach out. Come on, somebody give God some praise all over this place. It's good information, but is it something you'll walk out in your life? It's a great message, Pastor Steve. That's great. That's awesome. But will you actually step out in faith today? Because what's the point? What's the point if this doesn't go into our Monday? What's the point if this doesn't go into our Tuesday? I did not come here to entertain you. I came here to help you step closer to Jesus. I came here to give you truth in place of your lies. I came here to give you identity in place of your nameless self. Because God wants you to know something that he has a better plan for your life. But you got to reach out. God is already reaching out to you today. He's passing by today. Will you reach out to him? Because he can do more than you can think. He can do more than you can ask. He can do more than you can dream. He can do so much more. You might not, but would you take a chance? Would you step out anyways? Would you reach out today? Come on, let me pray for you all over this place. Jesus, doesn't all that matters is your presence right now God because only you have the power to change God I I don't have the power to do anything I could say all the right things but Holy Spirit only you have the power to change lives and so I just pray God like I prayed in the first service that you would just right now you would begin to burn in our hearts 
There's an issue, there's a problem, there's, there's a circumstance, there's a situation that we need to reach out to. And I just pray you would bring truth in place to lies. God, you care about all of our issues. You care about all of our problems. You care about every single, God, every single hair on our head. Jesus, you, you, you collect all of our tears in a bottle. You just seem to be so obsessed with us, Jesus. And so I just pray, God, you would just, right now, you'd bring the lights on. God, you would just bring the lights on in Jesus' name. God, darkness would go. God, 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 deception would go. Lies would go right now in Jesus' name that you would bring light and you would bring truth and you would bring love and you would bring energy, God, and you would bring your, your spirit into this place. And God, I know that you put it on our hearts. We're going to have some prayer teams that are going to come up here in a little bit. And I am encouraging you to reach out by coming up for prayer. But even if you don't come up for prayer, maybe it's a reach out to a friend. Maybe it's a reach out to a relative. Maybe it's a reach out and it's not your issue, but it's somebody else's issue. And you can reach out with God's love to somebody that's close to you. And you can let them know that the door isn't locked, that they can come right into God's presence. And they are welcome here. They belong here. This is where our problems belong in his presence. So Holy Spirit, we're just going to reach out today. And we're going to believe that you're going to do what only you can do, Jesus. Before we do that, I want to take some time and I want to give an opportunity. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to reach out for salvation. What a beautiful picture that God has already done all of the work. He's placed himself right in front of you. But friend, you have to just reach out and say, I'm accepting you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. If you're in this room, if you're online, you're watching, and you've never done that before, I want to give you an opportunity right now to receive salvation. It's the free gift of salvation. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. You can only receive it. And if that's you right now, I'm just going to ask that you be bold and you would lift your hand so that I can see you, so I can pray for you. If anybody in this room, anybody online wants, wants to, I see your hand. I see your hand. That's awesome. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Anybody else? Today is your day. I just pray today will be marked by salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Can we give God some praise in here? Come on. The Bible says that the heavens and the angels are rejoicing. That's amazing. Come on. Come on. So good.